Well, how awesome it is to be able to sing about the wonderful, awesome, powerful name of our Lord Jesus. And that song that talks about uh, heaven coming down. You didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. It reminds me of what we looked at last week in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Jesus, Jesus did that. He came to earth and he brought the kingdom here. It's awesome to sing about that together. Well, uh, good morning. My name is Dan. If we have not yet met, I would love to meet you. Come say hi after the service. We are making our way through uh, an in-depth dive at, in the Lord's Prayer, week three of four today. Before we jump into the Lord's Prayer, I, I want to start by thinking a little bit and, and asking you to think as well about some of the most COVID things that you have done this year. Those things that you, you never would have imagined doing before that now you've found yourself doing at some point in the last 18 months. And we're going to do a little bit of a, an informal survey here. Uh, so if, you, if you'd be so bold as to raise your hand if you have done any of these things, okay? So first off, who has joined a Zoom meeting with business on top and jammies on bottom? Yeah, that's great. I love it. Okay, who has worked from home from the beach. Anyone? Okay, a couple, a couple. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, here, here at church, we've had a number of things that we've done during COVID that uh, we probably haven't done before. So how many people have watched church from bed? Yeah, yeah, watching church from bed. Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a little bit of a limb here uh, and ask, how many people have taken communion with avocado toast? <laughs> Anyone? Okay, we had somebody in the first service, for the record, who has taken communion with avocado toast. Full disclaimer, I have thought about it several times, and I have not yet done it. Um, but as, as I anticipated, the one individual in the first service happened to be a millennial, okay? Now, us millennials, we, we, we get a little bit of a bad rap when it comes to avocado toast. It's been said for a few years that perhaps more millennials would own homes if they paid less for avocado toast, okay? But I, I did the math, and uh, if, you know, your favorite bougie brunch place is probably like $18 for your avocado toast, you would have to forego about 330,000 servings of avocado toast before you could afford a down payment on a house here. So, you know, it's maybe, maybe there's some wisdom there, but perhaps that's not the only thing that's holding us back. All right, so what are we doing talking about avocado toast? What does that have to do with the Lord's Prayer? We're three weeks into four weeks of this deep dive into the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer that's meant to teach us how to pray. It's a prayer that's supposed to, it's meant to teach us about how to approach life, about how to view God, how to view ourselves in relation to God. And the line that we're going to look at today is where Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. This is the prayer for avocado toast, okay? If you are an avocado toast fan, this is the prayer for avocado toast. But what, what is Jesus really asking us to pray for here? Is it avocado toast? Is it, is it bread? Is it, is it something else? What is it that Jesus has in mind as he teaches us to pray these words? We're gonna look at that together this morning. As we get started, though, I want to ask you to stand so that we can pray this prayer together. We've been trying to do this each week and encouraging you to do it uh, at home on your own each day. 
Uh, but let's go ahead and do that as you're able to stand and pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord's Prayer, again, comes to us uh, in two different spots in the gospel. It comes in Matthew chapter 6. It comes in Luke chapter 11. We've been looking at the text in Matthew 6. Uh, as we're making our way through the Lord's Prayer, we've noted how the, the bulk of this prayer is made up of a series of six petitions or requests that Jesus is teaching us to bring to God. Uh, the one that we're going to look at today is a transition point. This is the fourth petition Give us this day our daily bread. And as we pray this, we're, we're, we're noticing a movement from kind of the vertical to the horizontal. And we see it in the pronouns. We've prayed, uh, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And now we're switching to us and our. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. So this is a bit of a turning point in the prayer. Uh, the, the words we're looking at come in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, where again we read, give us this day our daily bread. It's a simple prayer, a simple sentence, but there's a lot here. Seven words in English, eight words in the Greek, and yet so much here that Jesus wants to communicate in these words. These words help us to place God in his proper place as the giver of bread and all good things, and helps us see us in a place of dependency where we look to God to provide all that we need. So these verses are, are, are orienting us to God, helping us understand how we're supposed to relate to him and see ourselves in comparison to him. So let's think about what exactly Jesus meant with the words daily bread. What is Jesus getting at here? Well, some people would say this is just a literal prayer for bread. We're asking that Jesus would give us bread. Uh, this is not a very keto-friendly interpretation, okay? A few years ago, I was experimenting with the keto diet, low-carb, bread is not allowed. When I was doing that, I did not find myself praying this prayer very often. It was more like, God, don't bring bread my way, because if you do, I'm probably going to put it in my belly, okay? So, uh, but I think that's, that's not what Jesus is getting at here exactly. That's not the only thing that Jesus is getting at here. What Jesus has in mind when he teaches us to ask for our daily bread is to bring all of our requests and our needs to God, to, to look to God as the one who can supply our needs, not just for bread, but for everything that is necessary in life. Ever since the reformers, this has been the, the dominant position uh, in the church. And we see this in Martin Luther's Shorter Catechism, where in response to the question, what is daily bread, this is what we read. Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, and money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, 
good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Okay, so this is not just a prayer for bread. It is a prayer for bread, but it's a prayer for everything that we need in life, everything that is necessary for us. See, what, what Jesus wants us to see here is that we are supposed to ask God to provide. We are supposed to ask God to provide for our needs, to bring those requests to God, to, to, to lay them at his feet and say, God, would you do this for me? God, would you give this to me? God, I need this from you. To bring those requests and those petitions to God. And, and this is a very relational thing to do, right? Kids ask their parents for things, right? At least my kids ask me for things. Can I have water? Can I have a snack? Can I have a toy? Right? They just ask. I was thinking about this this week. Maybe this is just something that's unique to like this season of having little kids. But then I thought back to when I was in college, and I still remember asking my parents for things in college. One year, I think it was my freshman year, some friends and I planned a spring break trip where our plan was to hop in the car with a tent and some surfboards and drive from LA down to Mexico and just find a beach, pitch a tent, and surf for a few days. Told this idea to my parents, and um, I don't know why, but they didn't think it was a great idea. They tried to, to talk me out of it, maybe give a little word of caution, maybe that's not you know, the, the best plan. And eventually we ended up foregoing this plan uh, to just drive down to Mexico for a few days without any, uh, anything planned out. Then I found out after making this decision that my parents were planning a trip to Hawaii for the same week. And so I called up my dad and said, um, so dad, you wanna take me to Hawaii? And I wasn't asking like, you know, can I meet you in Hawaii? I was asking like, do you want to fly me to Hawaii and pay for everything while I'm there? This is what, what kids do, right? They, they, they ask their parents for things. And this prayer has positioned God as our father with us as his children. The point being, we should come to God and out of the, the relationship that we have for him as his children, knowing that he is our father who loves us and loves to care for us, that we, we, we present our needs to him. God, I need this. God, would you do this for me? We look to God to provide. Do you ask God to provide for you? Do, do you bring your requests to him? Do you bring your needs to God? You know, Jesus tells us in John 14, he says, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. Now, Jesus doesn't literally mean that we can come to him with any request. And, and if we ask him, he's going to give it, right? We know that it doesn't work that way. But as he talks about praying in my name or asking in my name, it sort of reminds us of the Lord's prayer and this request that thy kingdom would come and thy will be done. That, that our will, that the, that the kingdom of God would so invade our hearts and lives that we begin to desire the things that God desires and that our will becomes aligned with God's will so that we want the things that God wants. Now, if we've prayed that prayer first, now we come to this prayer for daily bread, or we hear Jesus say, ask whatever you want in my name and I will give it to you. And we understand that, that we, when we pray this prayer, we have become the kinds of people who want the things that Jesus wants. So that as we bring our requests and our needs to him, he's eager and he's happy to answer those requests. Do you ask God for things? Do you bring your requests to God 
God knows what you need, but still he asks us to come. Now, now we don't come demanding. We don't come greedy. We come with humility, but we also come with boldness. And we ask for the things that we need, but we also ask for the things that we want. We, we pray for a job that we love. Right? You, you pray for, for family, for, for kids, for a spouse, if that's what your heart desires. We pray for health and healing. We ask that God would step in and that he would bring the miracle. We pray big, bold requests, but then we also come with humility, recognizing that if God doesn't give us those things, then we must not really have needed them. If we bring our requests, even those things that feel like needs, and we lay them at the feet of, of our God who owns the hills and the cattle on them, who owns the seas and the fish in them, if we bring our requests to our Father who is in the heavens and he doesn't give it to us, that means we must not have needed it. That perhaps there's something else that we need that we didn't even recognize, and that's what God wants to give to us. So we come with boldness, but we also come with humility and an open hand, ready to receive from God whatever he sees fit to bring. The point is we turn to God and we ask him, we talk to him, we enter into conversation with him about the needs and the requests that we have. But Jesus wants to, to take it one step further, one step deeper. He doesn't just teach us to ask God for bread. He says, ask, give us this day our daily bread. He doesn't say, ask for bread for tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and for retirement. The prayer is, give us today our daily bread. God, give me what I need for today. Supply me with what I need for today. As we hear this, the, the, the words daily bread, our mind kind of goes back to the story of the Exodus. When the people are, are, are freed from, from captivity and slavery in Egypt, they find themselves in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, there's no food. They're hungry. And so God meets this need by providing manna, right? Bread. Not actually bread. We don't know what it was exactly. It's probably keto-friendly, you know, version of something. Uh, but, but God provides it every day. It falls from heaven down to earth. And God says, I want you to go out and I want you to gather it, but don't take any more than you need for today. Don't take enough for tomorrow. Don't take enough for the next day. Just take what you need for today. The reason that God does that, he didn't have to do that. The reason God did it that way is because he wanted to cultivate an attitude and a spirit of dependence, daily dependence on God, where the people every day would look to God for what they need for that day. Now, that's not an excuse for not planning for the future and not thinking about the long term, but we need to cultivate a daily dependence on God. God, would you give me what I need for today? Monday, give us this day our daily bread. Tuesday, give us this day our daily bread. Wednesday, give us this day our daily bread. January, give us this day our daily bread. February, give us this day our daily bread. Every day coming to God and placing our dependence on him. We need to depend on God for our needs. It's so easy to not depend on God. It's so easy to, to depend on ourselves and our own strength and our own ability to provide. This prayer is a reminder that every day we come back to God, I need you. I need you to provide. I want to depend on you to give me what I need for today. 
whether that be bread or health or whatever else it may be. You know, it's, it's hard here always to, to recognize that we need God every day. You know, th- th- there are those among us who when we pray this prayer, this is first and foremost a prayer against hunger. That is a part of this prayer, and we ought to pray that way. But this is not just a prayer against hunger. This is also a prayer against self-sufficiency, right? Against an attitude that says, you know what, God, I can provide for myself. Thank you very much. I think I've got it today. Why don't you take a break, right? I've got this one. It feels like when we go to work and we get paid and the money shows up in the bank and then we order on Instacart our bread and it shows up at our door, it feels like we are providing. It doesn't feel like God is providing. But make no mistake, God is the one who provides. Right? You may have graduated from Pali. You may have gotten into Stanford. You may have founded a startup. You may have brought your family here from another country and built a life from the ground up. It might feel like you did that, but God did that. Right? God is the one who provided your energy, your talents. God is the one who provided you with your body and your abilities to do things. God is the one who gave you your job and put money in your bank account so that you could go and buy those groceries. God is the one who provides. So hard here for so many of us to remember that. That's why Jesus gives us this prayer. He says, every day, come back to this. We need to depend on God for what we need. We need to stop doing things in our own strength and look to God to provide what we need for the day. The irony is that the more we have, the more that God provides us with, the harder it is to recognize that it came from him. And the harder it is to go back every day to depend on him. So this is a prayer that we need, especially here in the Silicon Valley. We need this prayer. But I should say that just because we're we're learning to depend on God, it doesn't mean that we are excused from taking some action on our own. In his book, The Circle Maker, Pastor Mark Batterson says it like this. He says, we ought to pray like everything depends on God and work like everything depends on us. Right, those things might seem uh, counterintuitive or, or, or like they, they don't go together, but actually they do. We pray, God, God, we need you. I need you here. I need you to come through. But then we don't just sit back and see what happens. Then we start to take action so that we can bring about maybe what it is that we're, we're praying for, or we can, part of, we can be part of bringing about what somebody else is praying for. We pray like everything depends on God, but we work like everything depends on us. A couple weeks ago, uh, somebody came up to me after the service and, and they asked me, you know, how is it that you preach without notes? Like, well, I don't preach without notes. I have notes up here with me. Um, I, I don't just get up here like not knowing what I'm going to say, not having prepared. I get up here having written a sermon and being ready to give that sermon. But I don't do that under the false assumption that whatever I do here is going to make a difference. Right? I do it with the assumption that no matter what I say, if God does not step in and take my words from his word and plant them in our hearts, that, that no change will come about. The same thing is true when you go to work. Right? It might feel like you are the one who's doing something, but if God doesn't take your effort and your energy, if he doesn't take the skills he's given you, the opportunities he's given you, and turn it into something, nothing will come about. We, we depend on God for everything. We need to look to him as the one who provides for our needs. Now, we might be tempted to, to stop here, 
right? We, we've kind of looked at this whole phrase, give us this day our daily bread. We're, we're asking God for things. We're depending on God for things. But you know what? It doesn't actually stop there. You see, if we stop here, then we run the risk of praying an incredibly individualistic prayer that starts, more, starts to sound more like God provide me and my family with our daily bread. But Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And the plural here is important. It's important for two reasons. On the one hand, it takes this prayer and it turns it into a prayer of intercession. So it's not just God, give me what I need for today. It's also give my sister in the row next to me what she needs. Give my brother back home what he needs for today. Give the men, women, and children fleeing from Afghanistan what they need today. Give our firefighters who are fighting these flames what they need to, for today. And the prayer becomes a prayer of intercession where we lift up the needs of others and we lay those at the feet of our Father in heaven as well. So it becomes a prayer of intercession, but not only that, it becomes a call to action. Because we cannot pray, God, give us this day our daily bread and then walk past somebody who's hungry and not feel an ounce of compassion. You can't do it. Right? We, we can't pray, God, give us this day our daily bread without asking, God, how might you want to use me and what you have given me in order to provide for the needs of someone else? So this is not only a prayer where we are looking to depend on God, but it's also a prayer where we are, are asking that we might be able to help provide for the needs of others where we might be able to, to jump into action and look for ways to take what God has given us and look for ways to, to pass that on to other people who are in need. This prayer is a call to action, to care for the hungry, to care for the sick, to, to care for those uh, who need help. And, and you know what? God, God could, he could just provide for all of those needs. He could meet all of them directly, but he chooses not to because it is a gift for both parties when one of God's people takes what God has given them and passes it on to another person. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. That's how God designed it to be, that he gives us things so that we might give it to others as well. When I was in seminary, Lindsay and I were a part of a small group where uh, an older couple pulled us and a few other younger couples in and a few mentor couples and said, let's just get together every couple of weeks and, and pray together and talk about marriage and encourage one another. Um, but the, this couple's love language was delicious spaghetti and really nice wine. And uh, we were a bunch of seminary students and couples, and uh, we didn't have a lot of uh, room in the budget for wine of any sort, much less really nice wine. And, and for him, we would come over, and it was just like this was his way of, of showing love, right? Let me give what I have and, and share it with you. And when you looked at this couple, you wouldn't necessarily think that they had a lot. You wouldn't think that they, they were super well off. If you looked at the house that they lived in and the car that they drove and the vacations that they took, there was nothing sort of outstanding about this. But when you looked at what they gave away, not just nice wine, but a whole bunch of things, you're like, wow, they've, they've got some resources here. But you see, the, the, the attitude that they had was not one of, oh God, thank you for all that you have given me so that I can enjoy all of these nice things. Their attitude was, how can I take what God has given me and give it to somebody else who has less? Give it to somebody else who needs it. How can I use what God has blessed me with in order to be a blessing to other people? 
And, and their relationship with us was an incredible blessing in that season. You know, I still know any day I could call up this friend and say, hey, you know what? I could really use some help. I could really use something. He's told me time and time again, just call. Just call, and, and I'm happy to help out in any way that I can. We want to be looking for ways to, to have that, that kind of, to, to form those kinds of relationships where, where we are, are giving ourselves, our time, our energy, our money to provide for other people. There's so many ways that we can do this. If our eyes are just open and looking for the needs around us, there are so many ways. Some of them right here at PBC. Right? Every Sunday night out there on the patio, we have people who come and prepare a meal for those who may not otherwise have a meal. Right? There's opportunities to get involved in that. Every Friday night, our recovery ministry cooks a meal for people dealing with homelessness and addiction and recovery, and they serve a meal to provide some food. We have a shower ministry where we open up our shower at certain times throughout the week. We need some volunteers to help staff that so that people can come in and have a shower if they don't have a place to clean up. So many ways that we can help. All, all of those details, by the way, information about that, you can find on our website, pbc.org compassion. There's actually a team who's thinking about this. How can we take what God has given us and our time and money and resources and look for ways to help meet other people's needs? So many ways to do that. So many ways to do that beyond the walls of our church. You can volunteer at a food bank, Second Harvest Food Bank that's in this area. You can sponsor a child through any one of a number of organizations. Right? You, you, can, you can buy somebody groceries who, who's out on the street and looks like uh, they're hungry or could use some help. So many ways that we can help provide for people if we just have the eyes to see and if we ask God to bring those opportunities to our attention. So this prayer for daily bread, it's a prayer where, where we ask God for what we need, we depend on him for what we need, and then we look for ways to be a part of the answer to that prayer of other people in helping to provide for their needs. Let's circle back now to avocado toast, okay? Is this a prayer for avocado toast? Jesus, give me today my avocado toast. You know what? Maybe it is. If you really like avocado toast, absolutely, pray that prayer, okay? But maybe ask for two pieces so that you can give one away. And maybe if God only gives you one, Maybe think about going without so that you can give it to somebody who doesn't have any bread. Or maybe if God chooses not to give you the avocado toast and gives you stale bread and water instead, just say, God, this must be what I need for today. That's this prayer that Jesus gives us. In a few moments, we're going to take communion together. Jesus calls himself the, the bread of life. He's the bread that doesn't just satisfy our physical hunger, but satisfies the, the hunger of our souls as well. And on that last night that Jesus spent with his disciples, he, they were celebrating the, the Passover, which bread, unleavened bread, was a key part of. And Jesus picked up this unleavened bread and he broke it in order to give it new meaning. And he says, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. And he picked up the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. That's what we're going to do this morning as we, we take the communion elements. We are going to remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The forgiveness 
that we have in Christ, the grace that we have received from Christ. And as we do that, we remind ourselves that everything that we truly need has already been given to us in Jesus. But you see, prayer is a, it's a relationship. It's a dialogue. It's a back and forth. It's a ask and receive. It's a speak and a listen. And so this morning, we're not just going to receive from God. First, we're, we're, we're going to ask God for something, and then communion will be our response where we receive something from God. So here's what I want you to think about, this question. What is one thing that you need from God today? What is your daily bread today? Maybe it's healing of some kind. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's intercession for somebody else. What is it that you need today? Maybe it's rest. Maybe it's peace. I'm going to invite us to, to come up in just a moment and to take these needs, these requests, and to write them up here on this prayer wall. We've got a prayer wall up here on the left side, just out the doors in the back. There's another one out there. A few weeks ago, we were able to, to write our praises on there. God, you are sovereign. You are great. You are wonderful. Now we're going to add our requests. We're going to add our petitions. God, here's what I need from you today. Just one word or a short phrase. Here's what I need from you. Here's what I'm asking for today. We're going to give our requests to God, and then we're going to receive communion. So as you, as you get up, if you want to come around the right side of, of either of these two walls, Take a moment to, to write a word or a phrase on the wall that you're asking God for, and then pick up the communion elements that are just on the other side of the wall and go back to your seats, and you can take those elements as a way of receiving from God as well. The band's going to come up in just a moment, and they're going to sing a song over us while we do that. You can just receive that song as you sit. You can sing along if you'd like, um, but take some time to, to, to bring your request to God and then to receive from God the gift of Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that, that you are our Father who is in heaven, who loves us and cares for us more than we could ever know, more than we could ever imagine. And God, you know we have so many needs. We are dependent on you for everything. God, would, would you help us to fight against a spirit of self-sufficiency? And Lord, would you hear our prayers as we bring our requests to you? Would you hear our prayers this morning? And would you grant these requests? Would you give us what we need for today? Jesus, we thank you that you left heaven and you came to earth and you lived among us and you died for us so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could experience true life in you, so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus, we want to receive your grace this morning. We want to receive your love. We just want to receive the gift of your presence here in this place. So God, we give you our needs and we thank you that you have given yourself to us in Jesus. Whenever you're ready, you can stand up and come to this wall or, or to the one outside and just write your requests and then 